0: So, I was hoping for a little <laughs> few more people here, but that's okay um, uh, we're still early they'll they might they'll up. drop in as we go, yeah, so um let's see uh not a ton going on in the news, however, there are some uh you know some things that uh people have been talking about uh going on, so let me see if I can share this. So, obviously, uh, one of the big stories lately is the um, drone <laughs> flying inside <laughs> ankle Stadium. So, uh, obviously, the FAA has taken this pretty seriously. Um, and even in our uh, conversations that we've had with them, they mentioned this. Um, so, uh, obviously, this is in Cincinnati. The FAA confirmed Wednesday that the agency is investigating a drone scene flying Saturday near the football field um, and uh, and fans during the Cincinnati Bengals playoff game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, if you guys haven't watched this video,
1: it's pretty crazy. It flies in from outside the stadium, right over the fans, down onto the field, basically. Watches a little bit of the football game and then takes off. It's just Yeah, and I crazy. mean the
0: crazy thing is is, you know, for those who don't know about football games, they have the Sky Cam, which is a camera that's suspended via cables, or several of them, I'm not sure, uh, above the stadium. Dot managed to dodge all the cables. Um, like the whole nine yards, it is really bizarre. So um let's see. Obviously drones are prohibited from flying near NFL uh stadiums during before uh, um, during and at, uh, before, during, and after games, <laughs> they worded that kind of weird, um, and other major sporting events, unless the F- FAA approves a wa- waiver to operate a drone. Um, so, uh, pretty interesting. It's stuff like this that causes issues and you know, uh, kind of sets the stage for further regulation, and it's that kind of stuff that you know, really uh sets us back a little bit but i'm surprised nobody
1: is talking about like the broadcasting right to the football game and (laughs) the the camera on
0: the drone was rebroadcasting the football game that's a good argument (laughs) yeah i mean once they i mean that may be an issue that may come up once they figure out who it was so pretty interesting but uh let's see and we also have in the same vein Obviously, uh, the FAA has already announced the no-drone zone for the Super Bowl, uh, which is going to take place in the SoFi Stadium. Uh, the TFR will be in effect from 2.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in a 30-mile radius around the stadium. So uh, it's a, just make sure you're not flying within that zone because uh, you could face uh, penalties up to $30,000. Yep. Uh, and uh, criminal charges. So... I don't want to see anybody get uh, tagged with that.
1: Um, let's see. Yeah, I heard more stories about that uh, Bengals drone flight too, where like there was tons and tons of comments on the video, and then they made it private or disabled comments, and then they put the comments back on and like were taunting the FAA and other things. So
0: that's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have <no> seriously, idea. <laughs> like. You screwed up. Go crawl in a hole and hope nobody finds you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, with the copyright
1: argument, YouTube will probably automatically give them up.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to be in trouble. I mean, either that or I mean, a simple, you know, subpoena will you know Hmm. reveal where it was at least IP addresses and and whatnot. So, I mean, I'd be surprised
2: if they don't already have the person. I think they already know who it is.
0: No, they might agree yeah so anyway uh so don't be flying within 30 miles of sofi stadium during the super bowl february 13th not deal. unless you want to become more famous than the bengals
1: drone flyer right
2: <laughs> well if you fly at the super bowl they're gonna find you a lot quicker than the bengals game
0: yeah <laughs> I imagine. they uh, have stuff
2: that's going to be at the super bowl that will oh i'm see sure. you take off
1: and
0: yeah i'm sure they will um and super bowl is coming to phoenix next year so uh that'll be an issue around here next year so all right um this a lot of faa related news but hey it is what it is um faa has awarded contracts for drone research at grand sky um this is uh generally centered around general atomics um They've awarded uh, two million dollars in contracts to two companies that will conduct unmanned aircraft system research, uh, some of which will take place at Grand Sky. Uh, This is in North Dakota. The funds were awarded through a program that demonstrates or validates technologies essential to the safe integration of UAS into the national airspace. Um, They've worked to advance and fund uh, such uh, research programs. They go on to say they've built a premier hub for all things uas here in north dakota it makes sense for the faa to utilize the expertise of businesses in our state um, along with our test site to develop and demonstrate technology Uh, the contract awarded to general atomics will focus on detect and avoid capabilities um, which will enable unmanned aircraft to detect other aircraft flying nearby and maintain a safe distance from them so uh, more grants going out for research there's some i'm Kind of waiting, Dan or Alex. Have you heard anything? Any results that came from the shielded operations research study? Not heard a thing.
1: Okay, I, I don't need to know how the, to look that up. I don't know how long those things
0: are expected to
1: take, or how long the grant is for, mm-hmm. or anything. Right, but that was also that was in North Dakota at the university there, so not too yeah. far from where this is.
0: Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see when that comes out. I'll have to do some research and see if we can dig up some info on that. Um, all right. So going along the, the theme of bad things that happen. Um, I assumed
1: this one was going to come up
0: in the news this week. <laughs> so uh, recreational drones are banned uh, in the UAE after an oil facility attack um they've banned the flying of consumer drones by hobbyists uh news comes after a suspected drone attack hit an oil facility and airport in the country's capital um it was the ban was announced by the ministry of the interior on saturday also applies to light aircraft like gliders um, they didn't mention the recent attacks in its statement but reference misused misuse spotted recently incidents of drone pilots trespassing into areas where these types of activities are prohibited and a need to ensure the safety of lives and property. Um the recent attack on the oil facility and airport in Abu Dhabi uh reportedly involved both ballistic missiles and explosive laden drones. So obviously this uh not your average like Mavic or anything. No, no, probably not. But you know, they're they're trying to crack down on this and you know, this is the type of stuff we definitely don't want to see here.
1: Uh, The Both Verge needs
0: explosive. Yeah, they need
1: to update their uh, drone icon. There, they've got a kind of old GoPro on that thing. Yeah, for real, <laughs> <Is that laughs> like a like, like Hero three or four. Yeah, uh,
0: actually, it's it says a four. Does it say four? <laughs> <on there? laughs> That's funny. We need to we need to get a little updated here, but. uh, Anyway, um, yeah, uh, I, you... I really hope Go this ahead. isn't something that the
1: rest of the world looks to. It's like, oh, hey, they can ban drones. Let's ban them everywhere. And obviously yeah. that'll I fix mean,
0: everything. The UAE's uh, you know, system of governance is, is definitely a lot different from a lot of other countries. So I would imagine this is a little easier to do there. But at the same time, you know, this is not a, a solution that we want to see roll out.
1: Yeah, and you know, Pretty the people who are going to carry out attacks with drones are definitely going to then not fly them, of course, because there's a rule that says you can't.
0: Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> criminals
1: obey all the rules, didn't you know, Dan? But then the only drones in the sky will be evil drones, so I guess they'll get <laughs> shot down. Yeah. <laughs> I think the bigger problem probably there is the autonomous ones, too. Because, like, the ones we fly, you can see the signal very easily. So, you Mm -hmm. know, this is the kind of thing that's easier to detect than the ones that are flying themselves just silently.
2: Yeah, but, I mean... GPS on those and other sensors that emit a signal to detect them.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, and, I mean, even even beyond that, you can, I mean, you can detect a lot of things by sound, right? So... Yeah, sound I mean, like they're quiet. <laughs> exactly. Simple microphones. I mean, one of the things I know that they implemented in Iraq and Afghanistan were microphones, like a microphone array on the Humvees that could detect a, a sniper shot, right? So that kind of solution is easily detectable. I mean, can you you can implement that to detect a drone fairly easily? So And I mean, here's the deal is the counter UAS segment of of the market is growing just as much as the actual drone industry itself so if not faster um
1: yeah there's some pretty crazy demo videos on youtube of people like all sorts of different systems to take drones out of the sky
0: absolutely i mean there's there's microwave based ones there's frequency jamming type ones there's net guns there's i i mean crap they they trained Uh, hawks to take down drones so i mean there's solutions all over the board but um you know it's it's interesting as technology grows the the counter technology grows with it too right so but speaking of uh uh,
1: let's see before we move on to this one go ahead um there was a comment in youtube that i almost missed they were asking that back when we were talking about the tfr for the Um, Super Bowl Super Bowl they said what about people who live within 30 miles of the Super Bowl does the TFR mean they can't fly in their yard or neighborhood
0: correct absolutely it does so um, without a waiver when a TFR goes into effect the only way that you would be able to fly would be to um, submit a waiver uh, to the FAA and get that approved Um, so if you're like in this instance there's a 30 mile radius around the um stadium you would have to leave that 30 mile radius if you wanted to fly without a waiver um you would have to get yourself out of that area uh, of the TFR um and a quick and easy way to kind of go ahead
2: i was going to say it's very similar to the DC area it, it DC has probably the it adds the most restrictive airspace uh tfr like at that uh, you have to just you can't fly in your backyard you just have to go somewhere else
1: and technically yep. this means even you you're not even allowed to take your tiny whoop out into the backyard and fly it three mm-hmm. inches off the grass like that would be against the rules now not you that could they're gonna indoors. find you but you
0: can fly it yes indoors is good yeah outdoors no good so I'm just gonna I, I use this example a lot. Now this is the UAS facility maps. Um, this is the definitive resource uh, to figure out if you can fly or not. Um, you can use apps like aloft or UAS sidekick um, to help you with that. Those are great mobile solutions, but the um, UAS facility map will give you the the generally the best information Now you want to kind of also use that in conjunction with the TFRs, um, but this will tell you where you can and can't fly. So as an example, I zoomed into to where I live here in Phoenix. This is Luke Air Force Base right over here, The all the red grids over here. This is a, a big no-no zone. Um, and you'd have to get approval to fly there. Same thing with all these green grids. Um, if I zoom in, you'll see that any space within these this uh, uh, kind of arc, this bow tie shape here, uh, this is all controlled airspace for Sky Harbor Airport. So in order to fly in these areas, this would be a, a situation where you would use Lance um, through an app like Aloft to uh, request approval. And you can see these numbers in here, like these are all 100s. This would give you a maximum ceiling of how high you could fly so when you go to get approval they're going to come back and tell you you can only fly up to 100 feet if you go beyond that you're technically in violation um to go above and beyond that you can request to go above and beyond that but that's a little bit more of a uh a waiver zone that you would need to kind of apply for well in advance
1: and only part 107 pilots can apply for a waiver exactly and another thing to remember is anytime the president is flying around there's a tfr wherever the president's going and i forget how big Mm. that one is i want to say it's more than 30 it's more like 50 miles i think that's 50 50? it's the same this that's
2: it's probably 50 because that's the same as the dc one sure is there a 50 mile radius around the white house or something well no so the white house or the dc one it's 15 15 for the no-fly zone, and then it is 5th, then it's 30 for a little bit more. Then it's 30 for, you have some restrictions.
1: Okay.
0: So, So here we go. I've got DC pulled up here. Cool thing is, is you can actually take measurements. There's little tools at the top here. So, let me do it here. Area, distance. So you can roughly see how big those circles are. That's a 30-mile, yep, 30-mile uh, diameter. Um, let me clear that. Let me. How do I make it stop? <laughs>
1: so it is and tough to can... know sometimes whether you're allowed to fly or not unless you're checking your app constantly to see, or I mean, you're supposed to check it every time you go out and fly, even if you're not in controlled right. airspace because there might be a TFR for where you're at another 70-mile one around that. So, so don't live in that the, area like uh, Alex if you like to fly. Right. I can
2: fly perfectly. I live just outside it's of just it.
1: Just outside. There you go. And
2: the outer ring, you can still fly in just fine. There really but, isn't that much extra you need to do to fly in the outer ring. It's just the yeah. inner ring. Okay. Yeah. Is it more of an altitude? Just about...
1: in general, there's an altitude restriction no. there? Or, no.
2: Know? No, it's... um.
0: This requires just requires a
2: registration requirement you have to even tiny if you have to register and stuff like that and just it's basically you just have to follow the normal rules special it flight rule really area. yeah
0: they're it, just more they're particular really almost, about you actually following no difference
2: the rules. Mm-hmm. yeah like if you get caught not following the rules in that area you're more likely to get in trouble than if you get caught outside of that area
0: and the cool thing with this too is if you want to know more information, you can just click on a grid or on an area of the map and it's gonna give you your ceiling, um, the effective dates, the date at last change, it'll give you latitude and longitude, it'll give you, you know, some information that you can utilize um to help you out there. So generally populated areas, cities, uh they, they can be a little challenging, you know, and I'll go back to um zoom out here we'll go back to phoenix as an example we have an airport in just about every (laughs) every (laughs) suburb of phoenix so you've got uh goodyear airport avondale airport luke air force base you got sky harbor which is the main you got mesa uh queen creek gilbert you know it just goes on and on and on so um and so you definitely you know either get your lance approvals or you work your way around in some of these places so
1: well at least um, none of those are crazy restrictive like except for the military no. side of things there
0: yeah so uh it's definitely pretty interesting Um uh, one of the things they're rolling out uh well they're talking about rolling out in phoenix um one of the big deals that we have is every summer there's a lot of hiking that happens in Phoenix and uh, especially on we have a, a mountain kind of in the middle of the city uh, called Piestewa Peak. And in the summer, people get will get trapped up on the mountain and uh, won't be able to get back down due to dehydration or they fall. Or anything like that. And Phoenix Fire is looking to actually implement a drone program to help search and rescue work more effectively um with helping people, you know, get off uh, you know, places like that. So it it'll be an interesting rollout. Um, I'm gonna keep my eye on that. Um but uh pretty I mean, but normally that mountain range or the Piesawa Peak, that area is a like a no no fly zone for drones. So they have to kind of um get a, essentially a waiver from the state um, to be able to have, you know, universal uh, coverage to be able to fly there as the Phoenix Fire Department. So pretty interesting. So uh, let's see, covered that. Um, Let's go on to this little guy. Um, This is a use I never thought of for drones, to be honest with you. Oh, I thought this was um, going to be talking about that pigeons are drones. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know birds are fake, right? So, <laughs> we're all robots. Um, so, uh, one of the ways that they're utilizing drones is as a deterrent for nuisance birds like pigeons. Um, and they go on to, they go through in the article here. Uh, this is from IE Spectrum uh to talk about the damage that uh pigeons do every year um i can attest to this Uh, i have a brand new truck that already has a mar in the paint thanks to pigeons Um, i'm a little upset about it um but uh one of the ways they're talking about doing this is using a camera to and they have a little diagram here using a camera to detect whether uh, pigeons are present and then launch essentially an autonomous drone to go over and shoo them away. Um, And they talk about uh, different ways of doing that and the, the issues that they're facing with it. Um, I mean, to me, it seems like an expensive um, approach to uh, nuisance bird control, but I mean, who knows? I guess if you implement things on large enough uh, schemes, things get cheaper. So, uh, one of the ways they talk about it is having a drone patrolling an area, um, but that obviously results in, uh, batteries burning out quickly. Um, roofs, you know, if you're talking about warehouses or large stores, let's say the roof of like a Walmart or a Target, those roofs are massive. So by the time the drone gets to one side, pigeons are already on the other side, that kind of thing. So, um... Yeah, I mean, one of the things they I mean, obviously they talk about is just having the the drone launch and they talk about in here that sometimes it's enough to just have the drone launch um, and it scares them away. Sometimes they just let it get closer, like within a few feet of the bird before they skedaddle. So every situation is different, um, but uh, pretty interesting. This is. Uh, let's see. A uh, research organization out of Switzerland is doing this. So that Pretty reminds me.
1: Did either of you, any of you guys, see the the little footage of a FPV drone uh, chasing a bear? Oh, I saw that when I was looking S- up articles. So I just briefly saw it flipping through Reddit or something. But yeah, imagine. So it's, it came from Russia, of course, and it's probably staged. Right. But imagine an FPV right. drone flying over the treetops in the winter, and does like a, a flies down along the trees and comes into a, a, like a hiking trail, follows the hiking trail mm. and then you see this guy running at you down the hiking trail and it dodges the guy and right behind the guy is a bear chasing the guy running down the trail <laughs> and the drone buzzes past the bear and the bear like pauses and turns its head and looks at the drone briefly as it passes him <laughs> and then like continues on its way chasing the guy down the trail and then the video ends. That's funny, but, oh geez. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, if your buddy's getting chased by a bear and you've got your FPV drone, go (laughs) go, go
0: distract the bear. Go go, go distract the bear, right? That's funny. I remember one one of the things I did when I first started flying drones, I went camping, and we couldn't get the fire started. So this was years ago, (laughs) and I just saw a video of it today of somebody doing the same thing. I think it was on Instagram or something. And uh, I just... Turned on my drone and held it and used it as a way to get more oxygen into the fire to get the fire started. you gonna say you sacrificed a battery. Or yeah, at least like much.
1: touching you know, the leads on the battery to make some sparks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was easier uh, or like to could, stab the battery. We got the kindling started, right? So you just get the kindling started mm-hmm. and then you just pump oxygen with your your prop wash into the fire. <laughs> yeah, it's better than getting drone. getting lightheaded by blowing on it yeah for real all right uh, i got two more and uh then we'll see what else is going on so we've got elizabeth city state university um breaks ground for a new drone facility um let's see this is a open air outdoor uas uh facility is set to become the only one of its kind in north carolina the area will mimic real-world flying, flying conditions as students train for future careers in a growing industry of UAS that is expected to create 170,000 jobs by 2025. Um, the McKinsey Scott Foundation funded uh, for the 100-foot-by-250-foot-long-by-50-foot-high open-air netted drone pavilion. And they used uh, $1.5 million of those funds for the UAS facility. Um, ES, or ECSU uh, offers the only four-year aviation science degree in North Carolina with its campus located amid military facilities in southeast Virginia. Um, the U.S. Coast Guard based in Elizabeth City and the Tidewater and Albemarle regions. Um, so cool that uh, another school is getting uh, some drone facilities. You got drone facilities at your school, Alex? I think we lost Alex.
2: What? I said no, <laughs> not so really. Not, no, not wow, perfect. we didn't hear a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, we oh, sure didn't. I guess the mic didn't pick it up, but I said no, not really. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Um, last but not least, I have, let me get past that. This comes from uh, ZDNet. Um, it kind of echoes something we've been kind of proponents of for a long time, which would be "Hey, drone industry quit griping, it's time to work with the FAA. Mm-hmm. Um, so commercial drone and, and again, this article is going to be focused a lot on commercial drones, but the same can be said for recreational operators at the same time. Um, the commercial drone industry is expected to grow at a compound annual a uh, growth rate of 57% from 2021 to 2028 um as a need for better data and analytics that only drones provide um in order for drones to reach their full potential drone developers must work with the FAA to manufacture devices that can safe- safely and successfully operate under aviation rulemaking committee and FAA guidelines um, so this was a uh, the the vast majority of this um, uh article is an interview with uh reese moser um who uh uh is the co-founder and ceo of american robotics um and they are the first company approved by the faa to operate automated drones without humans on site um they were selected to participate um, on the faa's unmanned uh, aircraft systems beyond visual line of sight aviation rulemaking committee so this is the same BV loss um, art committee that uh, we are participating on. Uh, Dave and Dan are participating in that. Um, and uh, he kind of goes through and talks about uh, the FAA's mission, which is uh, is the safety of the national airspace system. Um, so... Um, that prior to American Robotics 2021 waiver and exemption, no company had demonstrated to the FAA safe operations without human visual observers on site. The reasons for this are numerous and complex and both uh, and are both technological and cultural. Um, the short explanation is that humans have been a consistent presence during flight for the past 100 years and ultimately the primary failsafe if anything goes wrong, which is accurate. Um, so... How do you hope the rulemaking will change through the BV Loss um, Arc? Um, and he says, our hope is that the recommendations from the BV Loss Arc will encourage the FAA to more expeditiously authorize expanded BV Loss operations on a national scale, allowing industry to meet the meet the significant demand for automated drone-based inspection. Um, I'm kind of keeping some of the you know American Robotics specific stuff out of it. But um, existing regulatory pathways such as waivers and exemptions typically lack the efficiency and speed desired by the industry and are often cost prohibitive for uh, many smaller companies to obtain. And that's one of the things we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years is waiver process is low. Um, A lot of it is, you know, what, 90 day lead time right now? It used to be even longer than that um but 90 days to to plan something out is for a lot of smaller companies uh or even just individuals who want to fly recreationally as a 107 it's really long and um to to you know have that amount of forethought sometimes isn't possible so um let's see Let's see, type certification processes uh were designed to ensure the safety of manned aircraft operations, and applying the existing processes to drones is generally not effective due to the many sizes, technology, and risk differences between drones and manned aircraft. And I would even go so far as to say that um between different types of drones as well. Um Within the BV loss arc, the drone industry has proposed streamlined means of certifying drone technology and assessing the real-world risk that BV loss operations of drones pose. Um, New rulemaking based on these uh, proposals would enable expanded BV loss operations in a safe and scalable manner um, while ensuring the safety of all operators within the national airspace. It should be noted, however, the FAA's stated timeline for implementing such rulemaking is three to five years. So
2: that, I mean, longer. what's that? I said, and we should expect longer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how often that do seems they meet their the case, deadlines? Right? But, um, I mean, here's the thing is that, you know, the BV loss arc is kind of in its wrapping up stages right now. Yeah. Yes. The original
1: deadline, I think, was November, and mm-hmm. they are not done yet. <laughs> they are, they're at the, final argument phase where they're sort of saying okay if you don't agree that this is what we should say prepare your own statements and add them as the, you know your dissenting opinion kind of thing right
0: and they go through those one by one and and you know either validate or move on but yeah and that kind um, of stuff i believe is sort of happening this week so
1: hopefully okay. the the arc will make its recommendation to the faa fairly soon
0: but think about that. You know, we're this is in progress right now. It's in its, you know, on its uh, tail end, and then rulemaking based on the recommendations that come out of that look. I mean, could be another three or five years, or you know, longer. You know, so
1: yeah. And if I they're mean, asking
0: and, anything controversial, or you know, <laughs>
1: really thinking ahead, then yeah, it, it's going to take the FAA a long time to make progress on that.
0: And I think that's part of, you know, you know, not that I want to gripe about the FAA at all. Um, but at the same time, you know, the the speed at which, you know, this kind of stuff moves makes, by the time they make a rulemaking, technology has changed 10 times. You know, there's, there's new things that have come out. There's new ways of implementing things that oftentimes could make, you know, the rulemaking. You know, obsolete, right? So, yeah, I would go back and say, does put the FAA in a hard
1: position because sometimes we're complaining that they're thinking too far ahead. Technology
2: doesn't exist, right? Like for the road ID stuff,
1: they're trying to propose things for that you know don't exist, or they're saying, well, we're planning for five to ten years in the future, and we assume there's going to be you know billion uh, delivery drones buzzing over your head all the time, so that's what we're planning for. And
0: while they're doing that, we're thinking
1: where is that That's we don't see that why are you planning for that
0: right and not only that but you know they're they're planning for something too far out and the technology doesn't exist to actually implement right so yeah. that that creates its own type of problem so i mean it, you do something like that and then you shut down the ability to fly in general um so i mean that's the kind of thing that we were talking about along with network remote id right So, you know, you've got there, there, you know, everybody likes to think internet is everywhere, but there are definitely many places in the United States where internet doesn't reach there. There's no signals. There's, there's nothing. And you can kind of patchwork that through things like Starlink or, you know, other satellite based systems, but even still, that's not adequate in most cases.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> have a Starlink dish on the top of your five-inch quad while you're out flying. Right. <laughs> That'll work well. <laughs> Elon, get on it. <laughs> Add that to your plate. Um, but uh, one of the things he goes on to talk about is uh, true BV loss, um, which is where neither pilot nor visual observers are required, is critical to unlocking the full potential of the commercial drone market. Um, the economics behind paying for a visual observer pilot on the ground to continuously monitor a drone flight simply does not make sense and have significantly hampered commercial users' ability to justify building out a drone program. Um, and I would say a lot of times that creates a struggle for recreational as well. Um, there are times where you just don't have somebody who's willing to go stand in a park with you, right? Or necessarily or, need know. somebody. <laughs> exactly. So... You know and again we'll go back to you know alex is uh working on that right now so um to to work out a path to get some waivers so that we can fly without visual observers um so let's see um obviously and then they go on to talk about different types of inspection um, that drones are utilized for so oil and gas stockpiles and mining rail agriculture um I'm not going to go through all of this, but um, definitely interesting that uh, people, at least this one gentleman is is taking the same idea of approach that we are is sometimes it's good to work with and, and not against, but, you know, different methods yield, you know, results. So, you know, everybody has their own path and, you know, feel free. But
1: while the F- uh,
0: EFC is more or less working with the FAA,
1: people like mm-hmm. race day quads is fighting a legal battle instead and yeah and they're can both can you give an update on when we expect to, to see anything wrong. from that
2: uh i they think our, we're still looking march to early summer yeah so let's see yes, Norman, that's correct the plans are still to request a waiver for FPV without a
1: visual observer pretty yep. sure they can't hear you though oh we should know you want to take care of that they're not joining our our audio chat
0: yeah so that's definitely something uh we're working on um to kind of forge a path for that so unless they're watching youtube stream i guess
2: yeah but then it's gonna be a delay (laughs) (laughs) so they might have just heard it now
0: there you go all right so uh that's about all i have um Alex or Dan, do you guys have anything for us?
2: I guess I can talk a little bit about task group 12 that. Yeah. So today had a meeting for that and we're almost done about to submit it off to the FAA for their, uh, final review and everything for the next tap or AC meeting, I should say, uh, uh, Name changes are always annoying. <laughs> uh, so the next AC meeting, uh, I believe is in February sometime, and we'll be presenting for task group 12, K-12 to integration. Everything's pretty much all set, just going through final stages and getting ready to present.
0: Awesome. And that's we will be also sure task group to... that's run really long, right? Uh, what? It,
1: it was expected to go this long okay they they weren't like the other tasking group where they had only the time between the two meetings mm-hmm. this one had the time between yes another meeting
2: seven months basically we had yep. we've been doing this for seven months
0: but hey i mean honestly you know something like that where we're looking at introducing you know stem programs through for k through 12 and and you know making that available i think that's that's worth the time and effort to put in so legendary uh, sideburns
1: is asking do they actually expect (laughs) people to follow these rules yes i think the faa actually expects people to follow the rules uh we have told them many times that vast majority of fpv pilots do not follow all of the rules and airplanes are not falling out of the sky because
0: of it right we don't name names though (laughs) I mean, but they can uh, see for themselves about it. Yeah. I mean, and we're honest about it. And I think they know that. I mean, it's not we're not giving them information that they didn't already know. But at the same time, you know, you have to understand that their mission is, you know, primarily the safety of the airspace and, and the people below it. And so, you know, the rules are written to make that as easy for them to maintain as possible and also keep in mind that generally and i i say generally with large air quotes on it the faa is a educational organization so um they you know they're not out trying to demonize everybody or you know get you to pay fines or anything like that they're out to educate and um now in certain cases like Bro, bro, driving a or flying a drone into the middle of the Bengals stadium, hmm. that's a little bit different, right? So, you know, there, there's, there's edge cases like that where obviously there, there's some possible fines, but who knows how that then, turns out, right? They may just say. The thing with, Don't do it then again. If,
2: then the thing with the incident of the uh, Bengals fly in, they also noticed how the community also goes and says that we disavow that kind of activity and we disapprove of it and they realize that that is not us that is an outlier and not Mm -hmm. the general community so the FAA does know that
1: yeah they they're happy to see the community self-policing and make Mm -hmm. trying to make things safer that way
0: and we've all seen it on facebook somebody posts uh, uh you know an inappropriate you know flying video and there's There's always some commenters that say, "Hey, you probably shouldn't do that, and you should probably take that video down. You know, and people trying to educate others on you know how to safely fly. And that's an important aspect of the community because you know not only could you know people doing stuff like that harm the hobby, but at the same time, being able to educate people on how to do it correctly within the community and not having to resort to an external agency to do that kind of stuff is, is definitely a key part of our community. And um, you can do it respectfully. Um, there, you know, Some people take it too far, but at the same time, take the mm-hmm. moment to, to teach somebody. Um, yeah, definitely. S- they might be doing it
1: wrong. Say in some places, especially some drone subreddits, they they take it a little bit too far, like just about every single video, someone's picking it apart. It's like, that looked like you were 425 feet off the ground. Sure. Did you have a oh, waiver geez. for that? You're flying, you know, the sunset was 20 minutes ago. Are you supposed to be flying? <laughs> it gets a little excessive. It sometimes. doesn't matter.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it gets excessive to a certain degree, but you know, at the same time, be respectful about it and, you know, help people understand why, you know, that that's going to be a key part, so. Oh, and also uh... make sure to
2: realize when to stop because even if you are being polite, there's just some people who will still outright ignore you, and you just don't want to continue that. You say your part, and then that's enough.
1: Don't beat the dead horse. And sometimes a video looks like it's completely illegal, but it was was not done illegally, or they mm-hmm. had waivers for it, or it was yeah, absolutely some other way. So. Oh. you know
0: here's the here's the thing is is flying fpv is amazing flying drones in general is amazing it's cool it's fun um it's educational it it it's artistic so you know uh, it's not my place to tell you you should or shouldn't you know uh be flying but just do so safely
1: you know uh, speaking of all those fun artistic exciting stuff did you watch uh johnny fpv's latest trailer was that for the super bowl or a playoff trailer i forget uh
2: i I think it was the pro bowl pro bowl it's i think one of the i don't know what it is but i know it's a football game
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't pay attention (laughs) to football i think that's where they they pick all their favorite players to go play a game against each other Mm -hmm.
0: uh yeah
2: i just don't watch i don't watch (laughs) football so i don't
0: know i used to i uh, stay out of that a long time ago Hold on, I'm going to... are going to bring that one up? here. Yep, it, give me it, one second. It just looks it's like trailer. it's totally
1: fake, like the whole thing was mm-hmm. CGI, but it's really a combination of camera Both. shots and Johnny FPV and some CGI mixing between the scenes. Just super cool.
2: I haven't uh, watched, watched it twice it. when I
1: first saw it.
0: Oh, hold on. I haven't caught, my internet hasn't caught up with that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just see the two little boxes spinning in circles. Let me try something
0: else here.
1: There we go. That's it. I just wonder how many people who will see this commercial and just think this is just fake. totally fake. Like, there's no nothing real about it.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, let's see what we got here, because I haven't seen this yet.
1: Oh. Now, if you're watching this, you're definitely thinking, uh, is that a legal flight? <laughs> Most certainly it is. With waivers and permissions and all kinds yes. of stuff.
2: With all of those waivers and permissions. Like he pre- this was done on a signal lifter probably right a lifter red camera sure. or some sort
1: i wouldn't I be surprised yeah. gopro
2: could do that
1: it looks That's too cool. good for a gopro yeah That's definitely really cool but more examples of fpv just becoming mainstream absolutely yeah all right danny got anything for us this evening no, the only thing I was going to talk about was more about the Beyond Visual Line of Sight arc, but I pretty much summed that up uh, when we were talking about it earlier, just that yeah. uh, they haven't uh, quite finished arguing yet and submitting their final recommendation to the FAA.
0: So the current plan is that it's definitely going to be released to the public when it's done. That's yes. what Dave has been
1: saying, yes. Okay. I really hope that's true. If it doesn't become public, I may know where some of the files are that might have to leak to the internet.
0: <laughs> right. Those are the I, things you announce on YouTube. I assume,
1: I assume the FAA is going to make it
0: the final recommendation public. Not all of the drafts. All right, perfect. All right. So with that, I think we'll wrap it up. We'll give you guys back uh 12 minutes of your lives and uh thank you for joining us. <laughs> Alex uh, is excited to study. Yeah. <laughs> or are you gonna... to start tomorrow. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Or are you building a quad or something? No. They, are they all just, working?
0: Should be working on the no. is what you should be working on.
2: <laughs> I have a I do well, I am taking a winter class, so I do have to finish uh, my final thing for that class.
0: Yeah, I'll probably right. finish that tomorrow. So classes officially start tomorrow for you. Yes, on a Thursday. That's weird. Yes, that's bizarro <laughs> Well,
2: all right. Well,
0: eh. have fun with the start. I already of had your one semester. canceled class. All right, well, have fun with the start of your semester and uh, good studies to you, Dan. Great seeing you, everybody else. Great talking to you guys. Um, and we'll see you next time. Two weeks. We'll be yep. back. See you all in two weeks. Have a great one.